You are about to receive messages that may be harmful to your mental state. Your sense of reality will be questioned. Your view on things will be altered. You are now part of the meta. The meta controls everything. The meta determines what will and will not happen. You are watching the meta show. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Meta Show. Today is April the 11th. We are on our fourth week of the quarantine. And thanks to that, EVE Online today hit over 40,000 concurrent users for the first time in how long do you think it was, Mittens? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen EVE Online 40K in a long-ass time, and I am very old. Uh, so I, I think it's fantastic. And already, like, reports from the field today... I was worried from Saturday's meetings and stuff. I would be like, there's been all these nerfs, which we're going to be talking about. We've got a great panel today of people from all around uh, the player base. We have a wormhole person. We have a small gang hunter person. We have uh, a couple of, uh, of big null sec, like FC and leader types. Uh, and we're going to be analyzing all of the, the patch changes and stuff in detail. But uh, it was really nice today during today's meetings to find out that so many people are playing Eve now and enjoying the filaments that... I have a lot less work to do because puppies are teleporting into Fortress Delve constantly and then getting blown up. And that means that I have a lot less to do to find fun things to happen because there's more sand in the sandbox and more people are doing things. So I am delighted by it being up at 40K and, uh, you know, uh, people yeeting all over the place. So it, it's good times. It's good times. Which is nice. So as, as Benton said, we're going to have a, a number of, of, uh, of folks that, from around New Eden on the show today. Uh, before we get started, uh, for my monologue, I just wanted to say thank you to the community. Uh, for those of you who saw Reddit or who have been paying attention, uh, April the 10th was the first anniversary of the brisk sedent in which the, me and Dark Shines and Pandora Alica from uh, Init were banned uh, unfairly uh, and inappropriately and incorrectly. Uh, and I wanted to say thank you to the community for standing by me and by all of us when we, as we went through that process. Uh, that was a very difficult time, and it's very hard when you've got uh, the company that, you, that you've been playing a game for for a long time coming out and saying that three people that you trusted and liked were doing bad things. Uh, but many of you guys stood by us and stood by me personally, and I wanted to let you guys know that I appreciate that and I remember that. And for those of you that didn't stand by me, one of the benefits to being a good politician is I have a very short memory. So I've already forgotten who all of you were. So don't worry. Uh, but I want to say it, it has been a year, and I also wanted to throw a, thank out, a thanks out to CCP. Uh, I, I may tease them a little bit about making mistakes and it, it being wrong, and, and I can't believe they did it. But in the end, uh, the company came out. They did the right thing. They apologized. They admitted they made a mistake. They cleared us. And, and that was, I think, unprecedented. But it also, I think, should be reassuring to the community so to, to that they know that this is the kind of game where the company cares enough that if they make a big enough mistake, they're willing to go back and do the right thing. And they did for me, and I'm hoping that that is a, a harbinger of that happening for other folks in the future in the event that they have been unfairly accused to. But for me, I'm happy to be here. And I mean, it's been a crazy year. Uh, I had I told everybody I was going to step off the, C, uh, off the CSM for a year, want to take a break, and I've done that. Uh, in that year, uh, I've taken over the Meta Show and, and joined Mittens here and, and started being, became a button pusher and a, and a, a streamer. Uh, I remember my first video, I said I wasn't, a, I wasn't a Twitch stream celebrity. I guess I can't say that anymore. Uh, and I've done a lot of fighting. 
uh, mm-hmm. alongside the initiative and, and alongside my Karma Fleet bros and my, uh, my SDK bros in, in it uh, and had a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm looking forward to many more years of, of playing with you guys. Um, and I will say this, for those of you who have been asking me, and it has been a constant stream of people bugging, are you going to run for CSM again after what happened? You'd be crazy to do it. Well, I was crazy to do it in the first place, so I'm going to be crazy to do it again. So I guess this is the first formal official announcement that I will be running for CSM 15, and I hope to join uh, all of my colleagues that are going to be on there again uh, next year, uh, as long as I can convince enough of you crazy kids to vote for me. So thank you again for everything, and I think we're ready to go into our top story if you are, Mins. I, I'm just sort of sitting here realizing that I, I think that I'm the only person here. I don't know about Laura Seca, maybe Laura Seca, but uh, I, I think I'm the only guy here that does not want anything to do with the CSM anymore. I think everybody <laughs> else here on the on the panel, I mean, at the very least, uh, when we bring on our guests, uh, they're either on the CSM or have been or are going to be running for CSM. Uh, so have fun storming the castle, boys. I'll uh, be over here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. Let's uh, let's bring him in here and let's find out what the hell has been happening in Eve Online and right. with this fucking patch. Our top story of the day is obviously the surgical strike balance changes. All right, everybody, I would like to thank our panel for joining us today. I'm going to go around the room and introduce everybody. From Democratic Space Socialism and CSM 14, we have Omeka Gold. From NC Dot, Blazing Bunny, who is one of their lead FCs. From Test Alliance, Please Ignore, we have Villy, their lead FC, and also a CSM 14 member. And Laura Seco Cross from Hard Knock Citizens, who has been on the show before. Uh, gentlemen, thank you all who have, have never been on the show before, and thank you all to who are returning. So. Uh, we're pleased to have you all with us. You. So right. um, instead ahead. of, yeah, like instead of us, like there's so many guests that we're just going to start firing questions at people and we have a lot to go over. So what, one of the things that I want to point out about just framing regarding uh, reactions to this patch, uh, in many cases when like throughout the, the time I've been playing this game, which is I guess 15 years now, um, Oftentimes patches are very partisan, right? There would be one group of people that are very happy with something, yelling and screaming about how the other group is bad. And uh, one of the interesting things, I think because this is almost like a grab bag of random ass nerfs, basically, with a few buffs here and there, uh, that uh, there really hasn't been that I can see too much consensus about if anybody likes this, who's mad about what, what the predictions are. So what we wanted to do on the show is basically get people who are representative of different play styles and basically just Put a microphone in front of them and say, dude, what the hell, what's your take on it? Because there, it is rare, I think, for there to be so little general consensus about what the fuck a patch means. So, um, yeah, with that, uh, I think actually probably number one, I'm just going to turn things over to Vili here to begin with, uh, is Vili, if you could sort of give us, uh, so for people that aren't aware, which I guess would be three or four, but you never know, new viewers, uh, Vili is a big NullSec FC. He is also on the CSM, but functionally speaking, due to tests, weird leadership structure, functionally speaking, he often functions as like the uh, Alliance and Coalition leader of Legacy Coalition. So uh, from a uh, big boss guy, smoke-filled backroom perspective, Vili, if you could kind of take us through what you, like what's your take on all of this shit, basically? Um, I mean, so obviously it's a pretty crazy large patch. It, it's got a ton of stuff that hits on a ton of different levels. And 
when I look at it, I mean, obviously, without a question, uh, the biggest uh, takeaway is the EHP nerf, which is a 20% EHP nerf for all resist modules. So uh, Kinetic Shield Hardener 2 will be a current 55% will go to a 44% uh, Shield Hardener, which in the scheme of things doesn't seem like it will change a lot, but it's going to be a massive effect throughout the NullSec uh, ecosystem as it takes resistances down, which reduces EHP. Um, that change alone is going to have all across the board changes. It's going to, for, for large fleet uh, battles, it's probably going to change the entire NullSec meta as it kind of reduces the, the Overton window of acceptable fleet doctrines. Like you, you have to have a certain amount of base HP for a doctrine to be viable to begin with. And, and the number of doctrines now that kind of will fit within that window is probably going to shrink. So there's going to be a lot of doctrines on the side that are going to be pushed out. Uh, you're going to have a lot of doctrines dropping damage mods for additional tank to get into back into that, uh, into that window. It's quite a possible thing. The value of damage is now changed. Um, obviously at the capital and super capital level, you're also in a situation where, um, all capitals are going to be 20% less tanky by default. That's carriers dreads facts, which is big to begin with. But when you start talking about super caps and super carriers and Titans, which have multiple, multiple resist mods, usually in the range of five to six, uh, and these 20% uh, resist penalties are multiplicative. So you, instead of it just being a 20% each per nerf, it actually usually hits about like 25 or 30%. You're now in a situation where just on resist, uh, super carriers and Titans are taking a big hit. And then you add in the plate nerf, which in the case of super carriers is half of their plate bonus and in Titans is 60% of their plate bonus. Um, you're talking about in both situations with Titans and super carriers where they've lost over 50% of their base HP or their base effective hit points, which is going to have crazy dynamics in the way it's going to affect all kinds of decision metrics for fleet commanders in the way they choose to take battles, in the way they consider battles, in the way they think about how a battle is going to go. And when you factor that in with the, the scarcity uh, situation we're in right now, where Titan and Supers all of a sudden are super difficult to build, where the minerals to procure and produce those ships are no longer as um, available as they were, all of a sudden you're talking about ships that are actually once again back into the situation of being scarce and you're now talking about ways in which losing even 10 or 20 of them at a time is much more realistic and much more scary so there's all kinds of dynamics to think about how that's going to affect the overall meta and then you know you talk about the aeon wyvern change which is a, a nice little bump which will make those two super carriers uh, hopefully at least a little more viable. They still don't have a damage bonus like the other two, but they'll be at least in there. The long range fighter explosion uh, radius nerf, which is going to reduce their ability to super rat. It's going to affect their ability to apply to subcaps. It's going to have a metric ton of um, dynamic shifting, you know, pieces to it. Like the effects of this patch are going to hit literally every ship in the game in one way or another. And it's just crazy how much can be done with such little uh, adjustments. So given, given the fact that we've seen such a massive change to EHP, particularly for Supers and Titans, and particularly given the, the nerfs, obviously, to the Super Carrier to make it less of a ratting platform, Omeka, I wanted to toss it to you. You're a whaler. You, you know, your, your targets are these big ships out in space. Uh, what do you think this is going to have an impact on the gameplay that you focus on, and how do you guys think you're going to adapt to it? Yeah, I think first of all, uh, it's important to realize that 
like I heard from a lot of people, Omeka, are you happy? There won't be a supers anymore in space and you got what you want. Now your gameplay is ruined too. There's kind of like an asymmetry between like a farmer and whaler in that the farmer would be happy if I'm gone or if my playstyle is destroyed. I think uh, in general, that's there's that kind of attitude toward me, but I wouldn't want to see supers not being in space. So we actually worked a lot with uh, the balance team, particularly yesterday. If you, if you have watched, uh, Pando made an interview with uh, CCP Rise, and we we worked a lot about somehow keeping the ratting viable. Uh, so, for example, we brainstorm, and he made this public, so I can talk about it. We brainstormed a lot about an interim solution and uh, an NSA for supers, which would keep most of the application, but would make it uh, unviable in PvP. Unfortunately, we couldn't figure out how to make it balanced uh, between uh, those two goals. So the patch went into the game, and um, I expect, like, you can still fit for application, and then rats, but you're going to have to give up, like, on top of the EHP nerfs, you're going to have to give up even more tank. So it basically would mean, like a carrier, if 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 a bunch of like if a big group of bombers drop on you, you wouldn't be able to save the super in enough time. So and then, don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of people in Eve in different uh, regions of Eve will rely on just uh, not be, being tackled. So they warp off, and they're not tackled, and they survive that way, and they still super rad. But in regions which rely on defense like delve is the epitome of such such a region it's going to be very hard and risky to take out a super and to rat and i would understand if people would want to move away from super ratting given the circumstances and eventually ccp and again ccp rise confirmed this yesterday in in in, in pando's show so eventually they want to move put more objectives in space for, uh, for supers to do, maybe like anomalies and that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, I think that should arrive, uh, that, that, that if that arrives uh, relatively soon, then the transition period won't be very painful. If not, I would be very sad if people just um, stopped undocking their supers unless there is a structure fight or something like that. And so, um, I'm as worried as any other NullSec Empire builder about um, whether there's going to be supers in space and whether whether these people have to be giving up their accounts that they worked so hard for, and because they're them being in space. Inter I'm interested in, in them being in space as much as the Empire builders themselves because those are my targets, right? If they go away, I'm irrelevant. I lose my playstyle as well. So we'll just do our best to make this like I, I at least I am. I'll be I'll do my best to make that transition period as less painful as possible uh, throughout uh, working in the CSM. Well, uh, you know, I've just easy question for you, uh, and, and I'll let you know what's going to happen because we did the same thing after after blackout was, uh, you know, I just told everybody to dock up for a week. Uh, across the entire period. Like when the patch hits, all the super carriers again are gonna dock up because this is what we do to sort of titrate how to better murder you and your friends. 
uh, is we just say, okay, everybody's on strike for a week and we're gonna optimize everything and look at all the math and then we'll reintroduce supercarriers uh, once ideally your hopes and dreams have been crushed, if we need them. Uh, but the question, since I assume as part of like the CSM, you are involved in like figuring these things out, regardless of like what we do, I'd be curious to hear what you expect supercarriers to be in space to do and why would we be using them compared to say using routing carriers or downshifting to like you know vnis or ishtars like in your vision why are supercarriers even available for you to shoot why should they be there from a player incentive perspective yeah i think so um in my vision is pretty much aligned with CCP vision. And again, CCP Rise and Rotati and people, other people working on these uh, matters make their vision very public. They want to force supers to a place where they're not that usable against big subcap fleets anymore. And so for that, they need to, like, so that there's a reasonable escalation chain from subcaps to capitals to supers. So supers would be the answer to capitals rather than to subcapitals. So you wouldn't be dropping your super and titan fleet every time someone, some subcap fleet came into your system, you would be dropping it if there is a big capital fleet on grid that, that you are an enemy. And <clears throat> so that's the, that's the fleet warfare aspect. But to balance that, they needed to take away application and the removal of application <clears throat> because of the structures of, because of the stats of the NPCs in, in space, uh, because they are mostly subcaps, the NPCs in the anomalies are mostly subcaps. So if you take away sub subcap application from supers, then you take away their uh, PVE ability. So eventually I would wanna see PVE exclusive to supers. And I think um, that kind of, that's very much in alignment with, uh, at least my opinion is that's in alignment with CCP's vision of supers and um, so I would want to see that being realized. It's not fully implemented yet. So okay. I, wanted to, I want to switch over a little bit. Um, Laura Seco, I know that the wormhole guys have been very critical of this patch, particularly the fax changes. Can you talk a little bit about what the issues are there and what you guys see uh, this patch doing to your uh, play style? Wormhole is being critical? No. No, I, I know, right? That's never happened before. <laughs> nah. So... The important thing to realize uh, with resists is that the more expensive a resist module is, the more negatively it's been impacted by this change. Just to give you a basic example that I'm reading from a Reddit post a court mate of mine made, a typical X-type hardener, so a thermal hardener, whatever, has a 64% resist. And after this patch, it's going to be a 51% resist. With the way damage with the way damage works in game means that it's only going to be able to it's only going to provide 70 about 70 to 75 percent of the effectiveness that it did before the patch if we compare that to a t2 hardener a t2 hardener is going to provide 80 to 85 percent of the effectiveness that's just because of how uh, how resists how is this scale the higher the higher resists you are the more dps your enemy needs and it's exponential so if you have 90% resists, then the enemy needs what five times more DPS to break you than if you say have 50%. So all of us wormholers in our bling battleships are smashing together in the two billionist fits. Our fits are, tend to be the hardest hit in the game, besides the super carriers and the titans that also had the, uh, the EHP nerf. So the bling fit, Lashaks, Balgorns, Vindicators, all of these ships that stack up six, seven resist mods in the low slots usually, 
they are the they are the big uh, they are the big victims of this patch as far as subcaps go. If you compare that to a ship like the Munin, which only fits one resist mod, the uh, the adaptive invuln, it's 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 a much larger difference for the battleships, and it 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 means that essentially the the huge fights of attrition where we brawl into each other for 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 forty minutes, even longer than an hour, in our huge heavy armor fights with facts on each side and dreadnoughts on each side. Those aren't really going to happen anymore because the bleed means that these fights are going to be over in less than 10 minutes. And the simple fact is we're not going to put 150 billion on field for 10-minute for fights. It's going to be fun once or twice, and then you have to do however much PVE to crab up the new fits. I think that's an important thing that a lot of people are missing because they're trying to look at it all higher level, and they're not looking at it from a player perspective. More things dying is great. The economy needs more things dying. But at the end of the day, if my faction battleship is dying a lot, then I'm going to think to myself as a player, should I be buying a faction battleship? This, this, this takes me three hours to crap back up in PvE. Shouldn't I be fitting up T2? And then suddenly the wormhole fights just, they, they, don't have, they don't have anything special about them anymore. It's just going to be people with fairly cheap fits fighting each other because it's not worth, it's not worth the cost to make the fits super effective because that exponential increase doesn't get your fits to a level where you can survive outnumbered. This is further amplified by the Force Auxiliary nerfs. Uh, just, to, just to cover that for anyone who doesn't know, because we don't mention them yet. You can only fit one cap booster of any size to a Force Auxiliary. And this means that any amount of new pressure from the enemy means that a fax isn't going to be able to rep for any longer than five or six minutes. The, the typical very bling fax fits that Hard Knocks usually fields, they're not going to last longer than two or three minutes against five or six hostile battlegrounds. And nowadays you're seeing up to eight or nine battlegrounds. And people are saying, well, you didn't have cap boosters before Citadel, so why don't you just go back to the old triage fits? And the answer there is, as, as you've all heard from all, the, uh, from all the recent war coverage of what's going on in Wormhole Space, the fights are getting bigger, people are fielding more on each side. Eight Balgons on field would have been just as fatal in 2015 as it is as, as it would be today post nerf. And on top of this, uh, after the Citadel patch, everyone's running around with the bling implants as well, which includes high-grade talismans for newting. So newting is very strong, and as a result, the forced auxiliary has been nerfed into the ground to the point where, in comparison to the Loki, our mainline heavy missile heavy assault missile loki fit doesn't work anymore because of the nerfs but we're tweaking it and we have a less effective but de decent alternative force auxiliary on the other hand have just been smashed down to a point that we we don't see a way that they can function if the enemy have more than two or three dreads or if the enemy have more than 20 to 25 people in a mixed fleet with good new utility on field that's kind of my main concern from this patch because i'm I'm one of Harknox's main fax pilots. I really enjoy the gameplay, and I am personally quite upset that I'm going to lose this part of my gameplay. So that's my takeaway so far. Yeah, that's a, that's entirely reasonable, and, and you know, I think that there's a lot of implications on the fax nerf, uh, not just in wormholes where it's harder to bring in reinforcements and support in general compared to a nullsec. Uh, this is an opportunity for me to segue things over to Blazing Bunny. So, like uh, Vili was talking about, lots of like broad nullsec meta. Uh, Blazing Bunny, you are a fleet commander for uh, Northern Coalition Dot. Uh, and, uh, you know, our usual eternal enemies and blah, 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 and Imperium land. Uh, but from your side of the aisle as, a, as an FC, I would be interested in hearing what your perspective is, uh, what kind of doctrinal changes we're going to see, and how things are going to change for you uh, as a fleet commander after this patch. So the EHP nerf is, is definitely something to be looking at, but like kind of like Laura Seco hit on, 
uh, a lot of nullsec doctrines don't really utilize a whole lot of resistance modules. So like the Mune and Fit only has the Invul, Eagles usually have one or two partners. So a lot of that doesn't really hit us. It's the specific type nerfs that hit the uh, the mainline ships that you've been seeing in null fleet combat for the last, I have no idea how long we've had to fly Munins for, but it's been a long time. Uh, but even those numbers, like there was a Reddit post a couple, I think it was earlier this week that showed the difference in DPS and optimal range and even the EHP nerf for Munins. And it's not exactly as detrimental as you would have thought it would have been. But I think it, it was enough that people have to take a step back and think, well, is this the only way to flight, fight fleet fights now? Or can we possibly segue to a different doctrine that does a different thing that's more specialized for my people? Honestly, I think for the first, my personal prediction, for the first couple of weeks of this, once the patch hits, you'll see the same doctrines doing the same thing, but shit dies a little bit faster, if that makes sense. Like, Logi will die faster, which sucks already, because the way you fight Munin fights is you just, you know, bang through all the Logi and then start killing Munins. So those, well, that will happen faster. I don't know. It's the, What happens after the two weeks, whenever people realize they can start flying other things, especially with the Battleship EHP buff, I've seen a lot of really interesting type uh, fleet fits for battleships, stuff that I haven't seen since 2000, man, 15, 16 for battleships. Uh, I think it'll be interesting, but for my short-term prediction is you won't really see a huge change. I, I'm kind of curious about that. So like one of the things that was disappointing to me, and, and then after this, we're just going to kind of throw things open for like a, a free-for-all for you guys to, uh, you know, if you have arguments or disagreements or just have points, feel free to jump in. Uh, now that everybody's had the time at the talking, talking honk or whatever, um, I was very excited about the Frigate Escape Base. I thought it was like one of the coolest things that CCB has pitched in a while. And it's like, wow, Frigate Escape Base, this is awesome. New era of battleship warfare. And, you know, CCB is like one of the things that confused me personally about the patch was uh, CCB is clearly trying to make battleships better, right? Like we're getting a buff to scan resolution. There's like a slight nerf to bombs in order to compensate for all of the resist resistance nerfs. Um, but the net effect of nerfing EHP by way of the resistance nerfs and then the plate nerfs was why would we use battleships even if they have the frigate escape bay I, I was really kind of disappointed because it kind of seemed like this was like a grab bag of nerfs that they just tried all of these different nerfs almost without realizing that some of these nerfs would render the ship class that they were adding new features to try to get us to use battleships more you know why why would we use them compared to like a hack right in terms of like line doctrines mashing into that into each other uh and so that is one thing i was kind of disappointed about and here you are talking about battleships like could you maybe talk about that a little bit why why would you think that we would be using battleships more as line doctrines uh when instead we could just you know be using something that has like a t2 resist profile that's and i think that's uh i don't know i don't know if battleships really take off as the mainline fleet doctrine again uh mostly because a lot of what you tank whenever it comes to not only do you tank on resistances but the reason munins and hacks got so popular is because they kind of became popular at the time where there were many mainline battleship fleet doctrines like the munin thing kind of took off on the heels of everybody flying materials or everybody flying uh, megathrons or stuff like that so you needed the transversal and the resistance all that compounded together plus the adc which i mean damage controls didn't get nerfed so i don't think adc's right. did either uh, so, I mean, ultimately, when it comes to transversal and, and ADC tanking, nothing's really changing. So you're right. Uh, EHP without resist is 
is ultimately worthless, which we can kind of see kind of in the in the super nerfs, but like uh, it'll be it'll be hard pressed to see if somebody can figure out a way, especially now that subcap triage is a little bit harder, uh, since you can only single inject. Well I'd be very interested to see if it actually pushes battleships to a, a fleet meta standpoint. My my big issue, at least in the terms of the battleship thing, is I feel like there's still even with the even with the frigate escape bay, even with the EHP nerf, uh, and and with a little bit of, of plussing up for some of the hulls, they're still too slow, I think, to be a really effective mainline fleet doctrine. And I think that's if you're going to choose, have to choose between bringing a mutant fleet or bringing a battleship fleet. I think for the most part, because of uh, mainly because of the ADC, but also because the mutant is just an all-around better, you know, fleet doctrine type ship. I think you're still going to see that's going to be it's going to be mutants online for another couple months. At least until we can get, I think, a speed buff for the battleships. But my big issue, and I want to take a step back, and I want to ask you guys in general about this. My biggest issue with this entire, the entire concept of of this of this uh, balance change is the effect on the in-game economy, and that that's my big concern, and and what it does in general to the economy, and what it does in general to content. I was. I was very skeptical of the scarcity changes that were announced, the mineral distribution changes and those types of things, because I felt like what CCP was trying to do was they were focusing solely on the supply side and they were not focusing on the demand side. And I felt like all of the problems that we had with the supply side, with it being too easy to get minerals and Rockwell's mining too much and those types of things, that that could have been easily dealt with if they simply made ships blow up faster. So I was all in favor of something like this two, three months ago. But we get the mineral changes first, which basically makes it harder to replace stuff. And one of the one of the goals that CCP has outlined is that they want it to be, they want loss to be meaningful again. They want it to be difficult to replace these types of ships. So in the end, you take that fact that already exists, that stockpiles are going to start dwindling, it's going to be harder to replace ships, it's going to be harder to get folks back to where they were, it's going to take them longer, as Laura Seco talked about, to crab up to get back into that blingy ship that they just lost. That It's going to do that already, then you throw a, 30, a 20% EHP nerf and a bunch of other changes that basically kill super ratting. I'm worried that for Titans and Supers, there's not really a reason to put them in space anymore, which means that the whaling content is going to dry up. The ISK generation is going to go down, which I think is a good thing, but in the end, you're losing that, that bit of content, and you're also cha- completely changing the risk-reward profile for, for being willing to undock those types of ships. And I think the result, at least in the short term, is going to be a lot of these supers that we were out hunting, a lot of the supers that people would be using to rat and make money are going to end up getting docked up. So, what, so what's going to happen? Then you're going to see a lack of content, and we're going to start losing these 40,000, 41,000, you know, DAU counts because there's going to be less stuff to do. That's my big concern. Now, Vili and Omeka, you guys are on the CSM. Can you talk to us about, I mean, I'm sure you guys have brought that up to CCP. Are you concerned about that stuff as well, or is that just me? Yeah, no, I I think you definitely have a point there. I, I think that certainly for Supers and Titans, they were due at least some form of EHP I think everybody can agree to some degree that some, to some level, EHP was a little high. And, and you know, in my opinion, uh, the Titan nerf, uh, like the Titan plate bonus should be like 400% and like the super uh, plate bonus should be exactly what it is. Like 
but th those are those are without the resistance nerf, right? Like I, I think that Supercarrier's tank compared to Titan's tank has always been at a whack for many years now. So uh, th that part of the the HP nerf didn't really uh, concern me because I, I think that's been long overdue. But, I agree. but the plate nerf was perfect. That that definitely needed to happen. I think on top of everything else, that's where I get nervous. But keep going. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it certainly uh, you know I I worry just because the way in which uh, it's possible to project, you know, 200 uh, kicky bombers or whatever into any place in space and for a super to be just tackled and instantly die is very broken right now. And it doesn't allow for supers and et cetera to, to really utilize their ships to a degree uh, if they want to utilize those ships for riding. And because these nerfs have taken place combined with the resist nerf, which also changes their repability by fax, which was already nerfed, like six months a year ago with the diminishing returns nerf, which most people really don't even fully understand the implications of that yet. Um, we're now in a situation where, you know, super on super combat per se is even more difficult for people to take the handshake agreement of having those fights because basically every super versus super true engagement is a handshake agreement. Both sides usually know what they're getting into. It's very rare that, one side is going to, you know, get caught with their pants down and have their entire super fleet caught, you know, to start a battle, you know, sure. Like you might catch a couple on the side or catch a Titan at a midpoint or whatever, but to, 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 to really have a true super on super battle, both sides generally have to agree to it in some way or another. And if both sides are now looking at that battle and saying, well, I might, you know, start losing Titans to 12 doomsdays and there's 82 Titans on that side, you know, and you start talking about losing, you know, six Titans every five minutes, with almost no ability to replace those Titans with the way the current mineral system is set up, uh, it's definitely not pushing towards more content, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree most of the concerns here. I think it's important to remember, like, I believe in the end goals of um, making more stuff, stuff die, making uh, less stalemates more possible. So like stay, making stalemates less possible. I agree with the economic nerves that there was just too much faucets of minerals and ISK, uh, ISK stuff, but also I agree with uh, like the end goal there is making farming more interesting and less stale and they're getting rid of some of the positive feedback loops when you're an organization, you farm more, you get more safety, you farm even more, uh, you get more ships and more ships get you more safety. So at some point your region is very very safe and i'm talking about meta that was like one year ago and we already moved from that meta a lot there there was a lot of changes like sino changes that kind of chipped in to that kind of uh loop, positive feedback loop but i think it's going to be uh so we we'd have to wait for the positive steps for example anomaly revamps new anomalies new exciting stuff to do for supers and titans in space and we're going to have to wait for uh, CCP to address the kiting versus brawling issue uh, separately. Um, and um, so that's going to maybe take one year or so. And then the problem is with the uh, timing. So I don't, for example, I, I worry as much as you that they nerfed the super ratting without giving them other options. I worry as much as you that they, they, they basically uh, really reduced the faucets, really reduced the mineral gains and is gains and made it harder to farm a ship. 
without introducing other options to, um, you know, to, to without those feedback loops they're trying to fix. So right now we are in this scarcity period and I, I'm not necessarily agreeing with the time, time, uh, timing there and I'm as much worried, but it's important to realize this kind of timing stuff, it's a lot, it has to do with the CCP's internal team working structure and a lot of like company structure rather than game stuff. Right. So I think I believe in the in the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe we, we're going to have to wait six months to a year for for the for the game to be fully uh, balanced again. But it's it took five years of uh, five years of economic ecosystemic change for us to get into this position where there was so much abundance and there was not stuff not enough stuff buying. So it's going to, I, 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 I also am not surprised that it takes at least one or two years to completely address it. All right. So I, I got something for you here. So um, I, I'm not sure whether you know this, um, but for the history of EVE Online, supers have been up, supers have been down, titans have been up, titans have been down, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the phenomenon of using super carriers as a primary like PVE vessel is to me a novelty, right? Like in the, the, the last 15 years of, of playing this game, the idea that we're putting super carriers out on the field for you uh, to run around and hunt and whaling and all this stuff, uh, it's actually a pretty novel play style. Like the, it, on the, the Methuselah level timescale, people have been playing this game forever. Uh, people ratting in a super carrier is like a, a weird, like freakish climate anomaly. And I, I just want to let people know uh, that the actual ships that we use to engage in PVE change depending upon sledgehammer nerves over the course of the history of the game, right? Sometimes it's VNI, sometimes we're using Ishtar, sometimes we're actually using, back in the day, we would use ratting ravens, for God's sakes. It doesn't ravens. really matter. Ratting yeah, exactly. ravens were the best. Exactly. As you're, you're engaging, or Dominixes back in the day, you know, you're engaging in PVE using whatever tool is available. And so I, I want you to know. Um, because I don't think you necessarily have grok this, maybe you have, is that I don't give a shit about supercarriers ratting at all. Like I don't need supercarriers rat. I don't particularly want supercarriers ratting. I'm perfectly fine with being with them being part of like a long-term super capital escalation chain. Uh, I think that they I think that fights should start with subcaps. I think that then capital should get on the field. And then uh, supercarriers and titans sort of come in and at some point, usually as part of a, uh, an escalation chain. Um, so one of the things that I think that is so funny about this, about you advocating for things that are going to nerf supers, and then later on they're going to be back in the field, is that I don't give a shit whether they're on the field or not. In fact, I don't even think that they need to be on the field. This whole rock walls out there, super carriers out there engaging in PVE instead of the, the big explosion stuff is just this weird, like, I don't know, like a, a climate, a microclimate within the history of EVE Online. Um, I don't really see you know, what do we need to use for defending people in Delve? Like, why don't we just drop mass piles of dreads on anybody that comes in? Like, the, the, the thing that you use for home defense can be any kind of ship. Maybe sometimes it's Titans, maybe sometimes it's super carriers, maybe sometimes it's dreads. Um, but I, I think that the, the irony of this is uh, that it appears that you have essentially worked hard to annihilate your own play style. <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm 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 strangely comfortable with it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a it's because there's this clear lack of understanding about like the psychology of like people wanting to do things, and other people not wanting to, 
Like, like, because I know you've talked many times about, you know, feeling, you know, if somebody's out there and you put enough effort in, you deserve it. You can't stop laughing. I just, uh, you're making me laugh, man. Um, I was trying so hard. Marana told me I had to be the adult in the room on the show this time. Which I don't know why she would say that because that's my job. That's why I'm here. That's why I wore a cravat today. Sorry, I partied really hard last night. I relaxed. We had a quarantine thing. It was a bit rough. And my composure, I'm happy to have a haircut. I'm happy to be back in red. I know my, my camera is a little weird today, guys. Uh, but. <laughs> well, I just thought it was funny because you had been upping your tie game for like three weeks in a row. And you had a vest and the red tie and everything. And I said, I'm not going to let him beat me this time. So I went no, out you, and I got my vest it, like, and I got my cravat and my little diamond stick pin and everything. And I'm ready to go. And you're back in your back. I, to I, 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 had a, I had a horny white boy lifestyle night last night. So I'm. I'm a, All right. A, that's fair. Uh, ne- next week, you can kick my ass again. But um, Echo, I, I know I know we, I, we're, we're all over the place, but I wanted to get back to you I'm and sorry. Bunny again at least one more time. Do you think you guys have a year to wait for changes? I, I mean, it sounds to me, based on what I was seeing on Reddit and elsewhere, that the wormhole guys are really demoralized right now. Is that accurate? Do you think you guys are going to be okay if waiting for a year for something new to get it added to fix this? Yes, mainly because okay. CCP haven't touched our PVE yet. I am terrified that it's going to come in the next month or two. Like we're not, we're not sit smug going, "Haha, you guys have lost your orenoms and we're sat here without income." We know, we know we're next, and we're scared about it. So, while while we still have that to fall back on, I'm feeling kind of okay about feeding a little bit more. I've been in Python nonstop for the past three days. Like I, I don't. Uh, I'm not working for the next couple of weeks, so I basically have nothing else to do but think about how this patch has changed what we're doing. And in the last two or three days, I've gone from my way of life is dead to my way of life might work, but it's kind of on life support. So give me another three or four days, and I think I have some doctrines that might might work. I'm not sure. But, that's good. That's that's the standard, yeah. you know, adapt I, or die mentality. So I appreciate absolutely. That. Yeah. And at the end of the day we all log in every day to play EVE Online. We're not, we might not enjoy it as much because we're not having our 100 billion escapoles anymore, but at the end of the day, we are going to log in and blow up spaceships and go, eh, it was better a few months ago. And with any luck, it will, we can coast along for a couple months until Rise gets us to a place where uh, faxes, are actually, faxes can actually be used again. I do think this is a negative change, but I think a lot of the sort of the wormhole of hatred has been overblown by a lot of memes and people trash talking each other and all, all the usual wormhole stuff. Bunny, do you think you guys are going to be able to wait a year? As I said, whenever it comes to fleet meta, I don't think we're seeing the death of any kind of play style. I don't think whenever it comes to the average, you know, NCFCs, PL, Horde, Tess, Goons, all of that, all of this doesn't really particularly matter to us. I agree whenever you said that this comes at the same time as the as the mineral changes so like whenever it comes to not being able to replace as easily i'd almost be willing to conspiracy theory and say this was intentional so we burn up even more of whatever supply of minerals that we're stockpiling but like i i i honestly personally would see it'd be pretty hard pressed to see i think you might see like stuff blow up and doctrines get a, a little bit more pricey just because just on virtue of uh demand you know not the supply not being there, but ultimately I'd be very, very surprised if we notice a difference at our level. All right, one last question. All right, so Mittens basically accused Omeka of killing off his own playstyle. Omeka, what is your response to to the idea that what you do is now unviable because of these changes? Uh, I don't think I... 
I already mentioned I I shared many of the worries you guys you guys had, and I'm just waiting for like a better objectives and space for supers and titans to do, and we can keep killing them. But I I, I totally disagree with uh, the notion that my play style depends on at any given time there being 200 and uh, 200 vocals and 50 supers ratting in delve without being uh, touched and just mining and farming trillions that that gives goon swarm their relative advantage today so i don't think that's like if delve runs out of content i'll go kill hyper special supers we'll take the risk and there's nowhere no one afk camping them so they can be in space and um rely on local instead of uh, defense so those people will not see any a lot of um will not see a lot of uh, risk increase as much as the supers in delve so i might just uh, you know we, we might see less supers in delve but there'll be stuff for me to kill always so i'm not worried about that I mean, you could always like join us. Uh, the best place normally uh, back in the day before all of this PVE stuff uh, that you would find supers was, wow, the autofocus just turned me into a, a fucking ghost here. Whoa. Okay. There we go. Uh, was, That's better. Uh, but I mean, you can turn up for super cap fights, right? Because like part of an escalation chain, like super caps used to be like the nuclear missiles, the strategic forces that were used. And then it always seemed weird that you would end up like, uh, you know, people mining and like it's not mining, but ratting and titans and super always in uh, supers used to be like this very strange thing that I think only happened because they implemented like Keepstar so you could dock them. Like back in the day when we'd be using them in like big strategic warfare, those were the big boy toys that you only brought out when shit got real, right? And so uh, if we're moving back to a place where supers and titans are primarily used in uh, part of a normal escalation chain, like they'll still be used, but they'll be used in in fights and. You know, I, I think that you will still be able to blow these things up. I think you'll just have to participate in the fleet fights, right? Like yeah, you will find them in the fleet fights, and, and you can go there. It's, you know, I um, I kind of lost my shit there earlier. Sorry about that. But no like, uh, basically, I I don't really see a reason to be using super carriers in homeland defense when you can use dreads. Uh, you can just use a different PVE vessel. And so one of the interesting effects of all these nerfs have been, okay, well, these things go back to their old school utility, which was as part of the strategic escalation chain. Uh, and, and that's, I guess, why it, it, it was so funny is because, um, I mean, you can find idiots to do it, right? You can definitely find people that will still be ratting and utilizing this. So it's not fair to say that your play style is gone because there's going to be dumb people doing it. But certainly for the more structured empires, we'll just say, don't do it. And um, then I guess you can go hunt like fraternity guys or something. I, like who who do you think uh, to be more fair? Like who do you think in Nullsec is still going to use them? Like where are you going to go? Are you going to look in Delve? Not, or are you going to look at sure. I mean, they made FK like all these changes makes F relatively FK camping very strong. So if I keep camping Delve, I'm not sure if uh, there's any like expensive assets in the space. Doing anomalies that are not worth the is uh, that are not worth the isk per hour, but I think the on-cam space, the hyper special supers are there, so I roll with Volta and I hunt them. But also, there, I think I, I have two more small points for you. First of all, Delve actually answers us in Asteros, not supers. So it's interesting you say that. You know, the, 
you guys don't always use the umbrella. Umbrella is already a bit weaker thanks mm -hmm. to the sino changes, for example. And I, I really welcome that change, you know, that we have a subcap opponent fleet in the grid. So we can actually try to bomb them and they can try to evade us and that creates a bunch of emergent gameplay. And if you guys drop, instead of supers, you guys drop carriers or dreads, then we'll see uh, people trying to pick off dreads because they cannot uh, get fax repaired. We'll, or we'll see, I mean, dreads are more, I can do my own counter dread bomb to that, right? So that's exactly how an escalation works, right? Yes. Uh, you, yes. I, I drop subcaps, you drop your dreads. Please I God, do that. Please. I drop Please. my dreads, try to kill as much before. And then I get items. to use my supers again, that's but exactly just not how you want it. <laughs> how, that's, that's exactly how a like, meaningful escalation chain works. So I think I'm, I trust in this goal, right? So that's, that's cool. And also, they, one small note they, the, the short ammo changes made uh, take two dread bombs viable. So the suicide dreads will, they get basically 50, 60% more damage. Uh, and because they are now isk viable, so investing in them is more viable than take one dreads. So we, the red bombs will have a lot more damage. That means a lot more uh, stuff dying a lot faster. So I think overall I'm happy. I just want to, and you said the super ratting is a new phenomenon. I agree. I went to delve in deck lane times. Nobody was super ratting. Everyone was in carriers, and then there was still an umbrella. But at the end of the day, uh, I think we'll just keep having targets. It's, I'm not worried about that. All right, so um, is it, is it yeah. safe to say, I mean, based on what you guys are saying here, you know, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll let you guys each respond. Are you okay with these changes? Do you support these changes? Um, I would like to if we actually see iteration in a few months. And I don't have total faith that we will. As an example, uh, May 2016, the Citadel patch, as well as adding Citadels to the game, there was a Wormhole PvE revamp. It was the single worst change to Wormhole space in EVE Online history, and it took them four years to fix it. Four years of players constantly complaining about being able to rat with structures, and it took them that long to fix it, even though I've heard many times, even from Hilmar himself, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of CCP devs who play in Wormhole space. These issues, they were out in the open, and it took four years to address them. And I could pick up a bunch of other examples. That's the first one that's come to mind. And it was this most recent patch from Wormholes with Love where those most recent issues were fixed. And then they broke another issue again, which I won't go into detail with, but essentially it is harder for us as players to go out and find PVEers to kill. So even with the PVE nerfs in Wormhole space, it's actually harder to go out and find the people to kill in the first place. And I'm sat here wondering how long it's going to take to get the iteration to fix this. So when you tell me we're adding scarcity now and we're going to make more things die and then we'll fix the economy later in line we're going to iterate on this i don't i, I don't have much in the way of evidence to, to to trust those statements because i mean the, the first time i trusted the statement was back in 2012 when the ccp prevented you from paying for character transfers with paypal and now you can't even pay for character transfers with plex we're losing function i just i don't i don't when when i'm told don't worry ccp will iterate i don't have faith that they will Team Talos have done a lot of good work. I'm going to be optimistic and say that if they follow through, I'm okay with these changes, but I'm not certain that they will follow through. Yeah, um, and I think that's a, a reasonable concern. Like my, my typical stance, and this just goes for everyone, is um, I, I think it's usually a wise idea to only really look as far as head, ahead as the next like patch notes and dev blog, right? Because 
you know, stuff changes, things happen. And this isn't necessarily CCD's fault, but like we've been playing this game for a long time. It takes a while for things to get implemented into the game. And so when people talk about like future plans, in a lot of ways, these rounds of like buffs and nerfs often uh, throughout the history of the EVE Online remind me of a game of musical chairs, right? Uh, Changes coming, changes coming, changes coming, and it is, and CCB works on stuff. And then you don't really know when the music is gonna stop and you hope you got a chair. Um, and so usually when it comes to things like, hey, in a year we're gonna do this, or hey, in six months we're gonna do that. I'm like, okay, great, you know, in six months when I see it in patch notes, that's great. But until I, you know, you can only really plan basically as far ahead as the, the next couple dev blocks. Billy, what's your take? Do you, do you support these changes? Um. I support basically, how do I put this? I support CCP making changes. I don't necessarily support all of the numbers that were decided, uh, but you know, I, I think that I have faith that in them to make the decision to do the changes and then iterate upon those changes. And you know, I, I don't like some of the changes, but. I 100%, you know, will support uh, them making the changes, I guess would be the way to say it. Omeka, what about you? Yeah, I mean, um, I believe in the long-term vision. And again, yesterday, CC Paris told that there is new uh, evidence and new um, hope that they the reiterations on stuff don't take as much time as it used to. And I think CCP Rise is one of the most capable and knowledgeable persons when it comes to Eve development and inside CCP. And um, I, I share his uh, opinion that, like, due to restructurings, for example, they allo they allocate more time to actually be able to turn back to an issue and fix it. For example, something like faxes. Right now, I see it much more doable uh, for them to get back to the faxes and. The issue, one of the issues with them is like they depend so much on cap injecting because their natural cap is not that much, and uh, a Balgorn, a single Balgorn, can cap them out if they cannot inject. So, and even with one injector, so. CCP but that's can, not really a problem, right? But they can return back to it, and you know, if it turns out to be completely unusable, they have, I think, that they have time to be able to go back and address it. Um, so I trust in that fact. All right, so is it is it safe to say that you don't like this bat these balance changes, but you believe the long term vision anyway? No, I mean I think these some of most of these balance changes are necessary goal necessary implementations of the long term vision. It's just the vision is not fully realized yet. So I support most of these changes, but um, it's just more needs to come to alleviate the, some some of the worries. For example, brawlers versus kiters. Yes, I I know it. Uh, it uh, empowers kiters, but CCP could address it uh, separately. For example, people shooting up, so people dealing with more people on grid, people fighting with more crowded fleets. CCP can work on it separately. Faxes, CCP can work on it separately. What this patch, uh, particularly the resist nerf, is meant to be is a big meta shift. So everyone rethinks their way of doing things. That includes supers, that includes large fleets, that includes PVEers. So I think that's exciting. That's not bad. It's just the small issues that arises from it. People tend to focus much more and like, or, or like, uh, like wormholers, for example, their gameplay is a bit different than Nullsec. So the, this creates more problems for wormholes. And I think CC, I believe in CCP's ability to 
to address those concerns separately. But but here's the thing, right? Like, so just because somebody has a complaint and an issue, like for example, with the facts uh, adjustments, doesn't mean they're wrong. One cap booster might be the perfect solution for faxes right now. I know the wormhole people think, oh my God, Balgorns or whatever. But like, then the question becomes, well, how are you gonna keep those Balgorns alive? And then they're like, well, my facts, oh wait, oh no. Like, it, it's not always a situation where just because you complain, you're correct. There's many situations where the changes that we're seeing today might actually be the perfect one. We won't know until the chips fall. Okay. Yeah, it's very important to let the meta to develop to realize what's wrong with it. So that's that's also that's going to have to happen before we are sure that some of the problems people think are problems today are really problems. Like, what do you? I, I have so many questions, but like, <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to interrupt like an Olmeca and, and Vili debate. Uh, I, I do have a question for Blazing Bunny though, uh, which is related to. You know, I've kind of put my put some information out here on the table about what we're doing over here at Imperium Land, and you have your spies, so it's all good. But you know, we are basically saying, uh, I'm sure Olmeca thinks that there's going to be super carriers running around. There'll be a few random idiots, but we're basically docking them the fuck up, and we're mainly going to be using them as part of an escalation chain, and we're going to be dropping dreads on everything that moves. We're you know, we're going to find whatever we can do to blap as many people as hard and as brutally as we can, especially because these filaments are just sending us free content because people are using filaments. Everybody's going to Delft. It's a fucking party. It's awesome. Uh, I, I was kind of curious from like an NC dot perspective because you guys are now off in a, a very different region of the game, right? Like life in the drone territory is kind of like its own thing. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about like how are you guys going to react? Like, are you going to be dying up super carriers? Are you also pivoting to dreads? Do you still see value in uh, super carriers except as part of an escalation chain? If you could maybe talk about what you guys are doing since we've put our cards on the table. So when it comes to crab escalations, a lot of what we already use is carriers and hodreds, mostly because it it uh, crab escalation so much for us, and I don't I can't really speak for the for goons because I don't know what what the motivation is if it is just to save. A lot of us are just kind of using crabs as an extension of bait. It's uh, so if a roar gets tackled, you escalate with hodreds and carriers first because that's a more engageable opportunity for whoever's tackling your stuff, or it's not and they run away anyway. So. Uh, whenever it comes to embracing Hodreds and carriers in order to re respond to people, crabs getting tackled, then I don't really think that's, not, that's already something we've kind of been doing for a while. So that'll be uh, <laughs> nothing really, really changed there. Uh, super carriers as an escalation chains, I, I agree that'll probably continue to be the norm for us. Uh, we don't usually, we don't currently really drop them on subcap fleets, really. Uh, mostly because we're not deployed anymore, and so no, there's not really a subcap fleet of of horrendous size that we that requires that kind of a heavy hand. Usually, we can smother any kind of uh, little fire with hodreds and carriers. So, personally, I think nothing will really change for us. Uh, the dudes who plan all that kind of stuff out is are way smarter than me when it comes to escalation theory and uh, uh, beyond subcaps. And so, I think they'll think of some clever way of doing this so we don't bleed out. That sounds so, reasonable. So, so overall, so overall, Bunny, would you say you guys are okay with the changes, or, or do you have problems with them? So my issue with the changes doesn't stem, and I can't really speak for the alliance because it's a lot of different personalities, and you know, there's a whole lot. Anybody who's a main, main who is in a big alliance knows that everybody has a different opinion about everything all the time. Me personally, my biggest issue is 
Cool, you addressed uh, that Titans and Supers are super tanky. Cool, you addressed that uh, support fighters are really broken on Supers and all that stuff. All that's real nice. But why you're not addressing the core issue about why those why the what's issue what the issues of the game anyway? It's that there's nothing to fight over. What's what's making me go unless I absolutely hate somebody? What's making me take my stuff over three regions and go mess their stuff up? There's no reason. Citadels suck. They're unfun. They're unfun to grind. Sov is unfun to do. In every inter, in, in the last two iterations, why why would I do any of this? And that's that personally is Blazing Buddy's problem with the changes. All this is really dope if it was coupled with a content driving change, but it's not. So we have the same issues that we've always had and there's nothing to do unless you really want to take Kiki Morris through wormholes and whale as a, as Omeka does, or you want to sit around and respond to filaments as, as y'all do. There's nothing uh, I, to do. I have a small response to that. The reason why is because it doesn't, that doesn't take a bunch of like changes in, in the code. It takes like, um, long-term game development and I, I let me remind everyone that the ecosystem segment and ccp ratati um and this is also public this this uh, segment and the restructuring happened very recently and it's going to take time for them to catch up with conflict drivers but we talk a lot about that too so my problem is one year this is what this is what drives me crazy and if i can just pull it back for one sec we have spent about a year other than the other than the abyssal space and and the invasion stuff which required some coding we it's been a while since they've done anything that required significant amounts of game development i think we're at the point now where we have reached the end of what we can do with dial changes and quick small fixes and changing this number and moving this number around and we need to get some development stuff in there but i agree a thousand percent with bunny and I'm looking forward to him being on the CSM next year because we need Citadels fixed. They are killing content across the game. They're the number one cock block for content providing. And you guys just heard a guy wearing a cravat and a diamond stick pin say cock block on TV. Okay? They are the worst possible I think, thing out there. They're killing content everywhere. They need to get fixed. But that's not happening because all we're getting are these small iterations and stuff. And yeah, an EHP nerf is a big deal. But in the end, it's just a dial change and a script. So, Vili, do you are you with me on that, or am I out in left field here? Um, I don't know if I'm truly with you because I think there's a lot of number adjusting things that still need to be done. Like, I came up with a list when I started the CSM of like a hundred things I wanted to see dial changes, and you know, I think we're through like fifty of them now whatever and like two months ago i came up with another 300 i wanted done and like there's a lot of these little dial changes that make the game better for everyone that plays it they're all over the place you can adjust redeemers or, or redeemers, black ops or marauders or battleships or that like like every one of those little dial turns has a big impact on the way people play the game i also uh, so I don't ag agree with you on the component that we're we should be done with those. I definitely agree that there there lacks core reasons why people should charge into other people to do interesting things. There, there just isn't those things right now. And certainly with scarcity combined with these resist nerfs, you're now in a situation where people are going to probably, even if they were considering doing something, are going to withdraw a little bit and try to protect what little they have, right? So. Uh, you know, it, it's 
it's unfortunate the way that'll probably resolve. Uh, do I, I definitely am not going to even attempt to go into the Citadel nightmare that that is. So uh, it, it's a complicated issue, and there's a whole lot of uh, problems around it, which I'm sure you're aware. So uh, th there's no at least, easy at least that's something we can all agree on. Is that citadels are a problem? Are they a problem for you guys in wormhole space, Laura Seco? Uh, yes, especially now that uh, caps don't really, caps can't really tank them anymore. So take an eviction, for example. Uh, if you're a defender in an eviction, the attacker's going to blob you two to one because that's just how evictions go. The attackers have all these months to plan and bring all their friends. And once you have a fighting force and you think, right, it's ready for me to fight back, you have two choices as the eviction defense. You either commit all your caps to to the wormhole to try and get control and get all your friends in, or you wait for your timers and fight on the Fortisar. That was a very strategic decision, and there were a lot of factors involved in that decision. And I've, I've, seen, I've seen various evictions go one way or the other because people made the wrong decision. Nowadays, the decision is sit on the Fortisar. There is no alternative decision because the Fortisar is the most powerful thing in this game right now. It can kill any of the enemy caps that were seeded. As it's, it's just ridiculous. If we take one of the biggest fights that's happened on, like on top of a wormhole without any structures was... Uh, between Hard Knocks and TD Sin, where they had a bunch of carriers and we had a bunch of uh, factors and carriers as well, and it would have been it would have been so much more one-sided as, as far as we were concerned because they had so many caps on field. And uh, as a defender in Wormhole Space, you're outnumbered and you rely on your capital superiority. And Olmeca will agree with me here because we've discussed it in the past. Wormhole evictions are already really skewed towards the attackers. And these changes mean that the force multipliers that defenders previously relied on, they, they just don't really work anymore. The only thing that they can use as a force multiplier is their Fortisar, which means that they're not going to have whole control, which means the attackers have free roam over the system. And it gets to a point where there's not that much point fighting. You may as well, you may as well pull a hard knocks and get everything loaded up in the freighters. I don't think we're going to see those huge balls again. A combination of this and some wormhole changes I won't go into. I don't think we're going to see those huge trillion-esque wormhole battles where we're handing out 800 billion-esque worth of faction battleships to people. Because it's, 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 hard, it's hard to explain eloquently, but I think I've covered the major points there. I think the short version is why bother? Yeah, I mean, this is sort yeah. of like the challenge with this patch, I, th I think, in a lot of ways, is that far from being some sort of amazing uh, mana from heaven, everything is different now. It's basically like CCB took a sledgehammer and then they sort of randomly swung it around and a bunch of shit got broken and nerfed really hard. Um, but it doesn't really change any of... Uh, there's no adjustment to conflict drivers, right? Like, there's no real... Okay, it's like we put some of these ships in the hangar and then we don't touch them and we take some of these other ships that maybe we haven't used in a while and we start undocking those and then things continue as normal except that things are not quite so normal because it's harder to replace the ships because they're doing all the scarcity stuff and um so it's like there's less to go around and we know how human behavior works when scarcity ratchets up uh people become more risk averse in a lot of ways and uh with the fuzzy sub situation with basically a surplus of space and territory and a lack of desire by the players of the point of like many players to go and engage in that you know awful gameplay on its own merits or lack thereof we try to avoid it um you know i, I think that we would be in a lot more trouble if we didn't have the filaments i you know i was i came to the table today for the normal like imperium uh, like goon swarm planning meetings on saturday 
And uh, I was like, we've got a problem because we've got content issues because they keep nerfing PVE and what are our pilots gonna do to undock, right? Like, why are we gonna undock and do something? On the fireside, somebody asked me like, can we go have a slap fight with Legacy? And I'm like, we don't want any of their shit, right? Like, we don't, like, why would I go attack Vili over anything? Because we don't, they don't have anything that we want. Right. And that's a lack of conflict drivers. Like, sure, we can blow up some spaceships and have some fun and like, you know, small gangs, whatever, have a little slap fight. Fine. Um, but uh, I was I was really happy that they implemented the filaments because essentially that is almost like a Band-Aid on this patch. It's like, OK, sure, there's a bunch of nerfs. Uh, there's going to be some changes in this, but at least certainly in Delve. I don't know how it is in non-Delve areas of the game. I don't know. Like, actually, Blazing Gunning, are you guys seeing more uh, filament activity? Like, are you having, like, random pubby gangs coming up there, or is it mainly just everybody's in Delve? Um, I per me, personally, I've, I haven't really noticed, uh, but we have, you know, a couple more regions than you guys do uh, whenever it comes from Malpace to... TKE all the way up to Owasa mm -hmm. and more farther into the northern drone or eastern whatever direction it mattered all the drones there's a lot more regions for them to kind of get YOLO'd into so me personally and it comes to Malpace no I've, I haven't noticed another uh, another small data point that CCP rise the uh, real release yesterday was 2,000 filaments were activated every day so that's, that's awesome like that's great. I, I think it's great like I, I would great. love to see more filaments used it's content on a platter it's good for small gang people it's good for empires everybody gets to bash things together uh and you know i don't care if we're feeding them into a wood chipper made of subcaps or we're feeding them into a wood chap wood chipper made of hodreds or supercarriers whatever it is we have a big wood chipper wood chipper here in delve and as long as people are feeding puppies into it my guys are happy right so the conflict, like the, the fucked up thing about this is like the, the, the biggest conflict driver that we have at EVE is actually not as much a conflict driver as it is just this like conveyor belt of rando small gang puppies yeeting themselves into Delve, getting annihilated. My guys are having a great time. They're going to have more fun because we're just going to go ballistic. Well, you know, if, if you think about it, threads. all it's done is taken all those people that would normally get killed by gate camps at the zero zero entrances and spread them out pretty evenly around the galaxy, right? Because usually that's where the content was heavily focused was around the zero, zero, high sec, low sec entrance points where there was the choke points, you could catch people and you would have entire corporations and alliances that were set up specifically around those points to like block off and cut off and eat all that content traffic. And now that's just been spread all over the galaxy. I know like, like I know in Esoteria, for example, we've experienced a ton of activity from the filaments. Like even today we were like gating back like a hundred caps from a Oracle safe. And some random thorax just, you know, sees us on the gate as we're like 50 caps going by and we're like, where the hell does thorax come from? And somebody's like, he filamented in. And it's just like, it's just so crazy. These little dudes just show up out of nowhere and they're I like love just it. having fun. It's funny. It's cute. We, like we don't it. need to worry about, I mean, this is the other thing about the ecosystem stuff. And I suppose one of the reasons why I was uh, kind of having a little giggle about it is you know if you have safety your people get soft right and if you want to have an empire of killers and conquerors right you need to keep things dangerous at home right safety in my mind is death uh, the the homeland of goonswarm originally we were born out of syndicate and in syndicate we were never safe we were constantly being attacked and harassed by the entire goddamn galaxy because everybody wanted to pick on a bunch of newbies uh, and so in Delve, one of the reasons why I love Delve is that there's NPC Delve. So it is never safe. And there are people like Omeka around. And so, uh, you know, again, if he didn't exist, we'd have to invent him. But the nice thing about these filaments is that now we don't have to worry about uh, PvP content in Delve being as tied to the PvE ecosystem. Essentially, um, because of filaments, it doesn't really matter if 
they have nerfed supercarriers to the point that we just only use them as part of a capital escalation chain because we don't need the supercarriers in space to have people come to delve for us to annihilate because of the filaments. So I didn't expect it to play out that way, but it's really nice because it means that at, at least in the areas where we are getting filament traffic and I would, I, CCB, please, for God's sakes, more filaments everywhere makes life better and fun for everyone, not just big empires. Um, but I, uh, I think that really the filaments have been one of the saviors of providing content in a time where CCB has been hitting the game with so many nerfs that it would normally remove content. At least we have filaments. And, and to, for my point, and I just want to go back to this because I think th this is something that I have harped on with CCP for years now. And any time where the gameplay is designed or has evolved to the point that the best, the meta, the best, the most effective tactic available is to not undock your stuff or to log off, that's a problem. And I'm worried that because of these changes, coupled with the way that they did the scarcity, that that is going to become the meta for a lot of these big ships. And I, look, I own two Titans. I don't have any supers anymore. I upgraded. I don't. I got rid of all of that. But I, I want to have a use for those vessels, and I don't have one now. I, I really don't. With Hawes gone, other than uh, using them, you know, as a bridge. But that's an eighty billion dollar, you know, eighty billion s bridge. You know, is that really that necessary? So in the end, I, I get frustrated when I feel like. They are, they are nerfing things into the ground, which is fine. It needs to be done. But at the same time, there needs to be something added so that we don't change the way the risk-reward works. We don't change the, the meta on whether you undock or not. And that's my big concern here. Because the last thing I want is because of scarcity and the EHP nerf happening at the same time, one or the other would have been fine, but both of them at the same time with nothing else added, people are going to stop logging in. And that's why... I was so hard over on CSM 13 and getting the war deck stuff changed because the way the war deck mechanic worked in the past was it was easier and better and smarter for the guys that were getting hit to just log off. And if they log off after a week or two, they're not logging in anymore. We're finally seeing numbers back to close to something that looks like 2015 levels. I'd like to get them higher. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm nervous that this is at, at the same time is going to stop getting, at least in the short term, is going to have people not log in. Here's a small point about that. I completely agree that we need uh, like me. I'm fine. I'm I'll find ships in space, but you guys need like things to fight over at an empire level, right? I agree completely <laughs> with that. Have you uh, ever have you ever just like taken a like a, I don't know, find some sort of a small helpless like fishing with dynamite? Like you just <laughs> you, you take you, you take like a, the equivalent of like a, a sledgehammer or a shotgun, and you just fucking annihilate something that is, I, I don't know. I For me, that stuff just doesn't get old. So, you know, yeah, you, you maybe you should try it. Like try vaporizing frigate. I mean, you can't do it anymore, but like vaporizing frigates with like Titans and Dreadnoughts is, you know, one of the reasons we do it is because it's actually a shitload of okay, fun. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> the main point is, uh, you, you said yourself, right? Uh, if it's a better choice to stay home and turtle up and keep building, then compared to attacking somewhere else, like if it's more rational to like not attack, then that's 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 the opposite of driving content. That's blocking content. And one thing in the abundance econ economy, content. yeah, one thing in the abundance econ economy where I think I, I agree with the ecosystem team with is is that if you can just farm like 
15 trillion minerals and 15 trillion bounties. And if that stops when you have to go to war, then you already have 30 trillion opportunity cost of going to war. If that farm is reduced to like more acceptable levels, more uh, sustainable levels, maybe it's going to be, I know there is no upside of attacking somewhere, but at least the downside is relatively smaller because then you're going to lose five, five trillion a month instead of 30 trillion a month. Uh, oh, Michael, that sounds like these calculations? The players, for using the assets yeah. that CCP gave them. It Absolutely no, like, I mean... no, 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 no. That's, I'm saying that's what the abundance, like infinite farm abundance economy has led to. So it needed to be addressed. Now we need positive reasons to, for, for people to attack other people, fixing citadels, uh, so it's not a pain in the ass to attack somewhere else. Okay, also... so, uh, sorry, I gotta just get in here because this is driving me crazy. You are talking about reasons why empires attack each other from what I understand. Now you have your playstyle, and I don't know how to do what you do. You steal excavator drones and you're really good at it. Like you, I, I watched your video when you ran for CSM and you explained in great detail how you did your setup. And I was very impressed by it, right? Like the, the level of detail and the way in which you went through, you were stealing the, these excavator drones. And I've been saying for years, like if you didn't exist, we'd have to invent you because there's that. But one of the, the challenges that I have is now you're talking about how empires work and why empires go to war. And if you don't understand the, the joy of, you know, I don't know, shooting a hamster with a shotgun or something like that, how are you gonna, you know, if you're not gonna understand this, the joy of overkill, just destructive, excessive, vulgar force, then I don't really know. Cause like when I'm thinking about war, when I'm thinking about, which is all I think about in EVE, is war, espionage. I don't even really play the game, but I, all I do, all I care about is PvE exists as an engine to train our people for war and conquest. Empire, empire is about conquest and domination, and it's beautiful, and I love it. But I'm not sitting there thinking to myself, oh, wow, well, I really like empire and conquest and domination. I really need to go talk to my finance team and figure about the balance of ISK coming in versus ISK coming out. I'm thinking about destruction and the fun things. And so I guess my confusion is, why do you think, I mean, that's my view. Maybe maybe the other you know, autocrats have, have different views, but Omeka, oh could you tell us, why do you think we go to war? I mean, right have now- Have you a dead zone to station? You even know yeah. what that is? As far as I know, as far as I know, typically there are no in-game reasons to go to war. It's all like Euro-Alexander complex or whatever you call it. It does fine. But I would love to see for you guys to have uh, in-game reasons to go for war as well. And I would like to see that that's not a much worse option economically compared to not going to war and farming. Well, Omeka, you should get some space so I can go to war with you. Like that, that yeah, would, that would say, be <laughs> This seems like a great idea. It'll be the quickest euthanasia of any solve holding alliance I can think of in my the life. The entire point of guerrilla warfare is not having stuff people can attack, right? I would love but, but, for you but, to have whoa, to go into whoa, so, systems and So, like, and, and I, I know we're, we're all, like, memeing to a degree right now, but, like, what you just said there is part of the problem, right? Yeah. It's like, I get to I be in a guerrilla warfare. I have no risk whatsoever. How dare you guys go do yeah. your thing and, you know, 
like worry about risk like I'm come not, on man i'm not opposed to me having assets like ships on the line that you can attack we drop dreads all the time and people in delve love dreads that when that when we drop they just kill them and enjoy kill marks yeah they don't care about the super that died they care about the our dreads that died uh so that's 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 the that's the stuff that i'm losing that you're killing it's just um well, I'm not talking about the assets you put out in space to fight things. I'm talking about your assets at home. Yeah, the, like the, very, the very issue is if I had vulnerable stuff that you can attack uh, in my home, then I wouldn't exist because you'll steamroll. You would steamroll me. Oh. But people like like me that's that's the reality of what we do dog like yeah, but this is you're talking about that's why i asked the dead zone question dude you don't you haven't lived until you had to fight for a station that you knew if the enemies won you I weren't mean, ever getting back into again i mean that was it i mean we are dead zone sometimes by bbtb in the bubbling our stations and npc that's not even be, be, being camped for eight hours is not that's the not same <laughs> as being dead zone for years i mean there's guys that, that have stuff in systems that they have not been able to get out for like eight years. Okay, Omeka, here's an easy question. Did you play before asset safety was a thing? Yes, for not, not so much before. Not like so much before, 2012. okay. Okay, so, so basically you've never truly lived in the era of, I lose my station, I lose all my stuff pre-prepping the evac every time you start a war. No, I, yeah. I, I, I know about it. I've never lived it. P you I never know camped people. a station for 30 I, days because you hated people so much you wanted to destroy everything they had in the game. I know people- Sitting outside of PR TAC for 23-7 for 30, 31 days, something or other like that. Now that is a station camp. They didn't camp for eight hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you missed out on the Great War. I think it would be a really good testament to- That's uh, not even the Great War. It's, it's that's war- post, Even just basic stuff. Like, that's, that's war up till Citadels. That's war right. up till asset safety. That was, that was, we fight because if you don't fight, all your stuff gets locked in NullSec. Right. It was, it was station time. games and, and trying to undock when the guys got 30 bubbles anchored on your fucking, on your, on your, on your, uh, on the undock. So I, re I remember if you were the last person to shoot a station, you were the one who got control to of the name station it. at the end. Yeah. Like, that was the best part. That was the era of the best station names ever because you had some rando in like a maelstrom that might have popped the station the last thing. And now it's like, I don't know, Joe's dick hut for like the next fucking until somebody can fix it. <laughs> like that was the best part about uh, about shooting them. Like, I mean, if so your true. point is that we need stuff like that for people to attack each other, objectives like that for people to attack each other, then I'm totally. No, my, my point was much more that people engaging in guerrilla warfare against the Empire should have to put up an ante to engage in that warfare. They should not just get to the only ante they place on the field be the bombers that get away instantly if any danger well, is. I, I agree with that at the ship level. I mean, even high-seckers have to put up an ante now. I yeah, agree right. with I mean, that. Can, I there's agree no way that. for us to interdict you. There's no way for us to, to damage your supply chain. There's no way for us to go blow up your base. I mean, in the end, you know, that, that's one of the things that you get the benefit of, of staging an NPC null from is, and because of the way that the system works now, it's just impossible. And even if you were to drop stuff in a Citadel, you can just asset safety it. So it's, it's tough that you guys that. don't have the same risk reward as the, as the Empire. I completely agree. With, look, but I, I made a presentation. I'm, I'm not going to go into it, but in the CCP summit, I made a presentation talking about risk reward. And I talked about how hunter risk is different than farmer risk because you guys earn money off the grid. We don't. We just get kill mail. So rewards Right. And because we're earning money while we engage in risk, we should have to lose ships while you're hunting. So you shouldn't have to lose any ships. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Right. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
What about our excavator drones? Oh wait, we nerfed mining so much that we don't use excavators. How are you gonna make money to pay for your your dreads? That's entirely true. I stopped. If uh, are you are you gonna need a subsidy? Or am I gonna need to open up our MySpace wallet to make sure like we we can put you on some sort of a a special like uh, food banking for uh, hunters perspective like a, you did say an emergency you, subsidy. You did say, didn't you, that if he doesn't exist, you were going to have to invent him. So I know, well, we've got filaments now, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally uh, open. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm totally open to financial relief, but the, the issue is like you guys will push for a meta where you can have attack my, sh my space, like uh, my assets in space or like my base then you'll just steamroll over me. That's the very point of guerrilla warfare is my home base being unreachable to you. But, but here's the thing, but, real guerrillas don't get a home base. They live in the fucking jungle and I they have to go in like camps of people so small nobody can fucking get to them. That's why they're called guerrillas. Exactly. Like, but you're like, well, I need a home base where I can stash my dreads so I can properly, you know, create the risk reward ratio for Delve that is required. Like, come on. Sarah. And NPC Delve is my jungle. You cannot attack it, but you can. <laughs> to, your, to your knowledge, baby, you act well, like that, anybody well, here well, has nothing better to do than camp the Thera station. So what we need is side. we need a Paycheck Protection oh. Act for Omeka to make sure that he can keep attacking with all of his dreads. And I, I think you got to set this up. I got you got to set this up, mittens. We got to do it. We well, well we, I think what I think what we all know we really truly need is Diamond Rats and Thera and BTB set up to camp Omeka in Thera too. <laughs> like I, to me, I think that would be the greatest thing ever. I wish right, I had gentlemen. a webcam so you guys could see how much I've enjoyed the last ten minutes. Gentlemen, we are a half an hour over, so let's. I think I think as much as we're having fun and, and this is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on everybody. So I'm, I'm having too much fun. It's time I, I got to cool make kids sure. only mode, right? And then we got to hit up the subs, follow, you know, leave and like the That's comments it. and all that, you know. I we also have to wish happy birthday to Nicosis. If we haven't we haven't done that yet, so we absolutely have to do that today. Uh, and Nicosis is our boy in in, uh, in in goons, and we love him very much. So happy and I mean, I guess my guys in chat are already talking about how they're asking permission to hell camp NPC Delve, as if we need permission to hell camp yeah, NPC Delve. Yeah, why are you guys Delve. asking like, permission If you guys want to do this, do how about this? On, on the patch, like, what we'll do is, again, like I've already said, just so everybody who's a hunter who wants a payment protection plan or whatever gets the memo, we're docking all of our super carriers for a week, so there won't be any. There might be some random idiots. You can kill them. We'll use them as basically live fire testing. Uh, but you know, guys, if you want to make it extra oppressive, uh, I'm perfectly happy for us to just hell camp the fuck out of NPC Dell while we dock our super carriers for a week because we might as well hang out there while we're waiting for all these filaments people to come into our wood chip. Yes. Fuck it, why yeah. not? We no longer need reds because of the like HP nerfs, so we can just drop 100 bombers out of a wormhole or. Something. Oh no, but we're going to use dreads because it's fun. Again, it's the the very small target with the shotgun because overkill is inherently amusing. You so heard we don't... it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Omeka no longer needs dreads. That means that anytime he chooses to drop dreads from now on, he has broken the statement he just made on the Omeka, meta show. The he is Omeka a proven code. liar. I guess he's not the gonna. Omeka are you code. not gonna go after locust fleets anymore? I mean, you need the dreads for that, oh, right? Yeah. That hit was very, very niche. I don't know if we can pull it off again. It's they're very, <laughs> they're very uh, safely protected, I should say. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, we did get kicked in the dick. To be fair, like, we got kicked in the dick. We lost a bunch of war calls in that big hit on the Locust Fleets because we weren't taking it seriously. And, you know, then we did something really wild and crazy, and we were like, we need to take this seriously because we got kicked in the dick really hard. Maybe we should actually get off our asses and try to defend it. And so far, kind of like storming the gates of Delve, it hasn't really panned out with people still coming after us anymore. But you can try to hit the Locust Fleets. We're still going to, you know, that's a thing. Um, all right, boys and girls, uh, it has been real. It has been an hour and a half of real. And uh, thank, you to, thank you to all of the like 640 people we have watching this. Uh, I've had uh, almost an illegal amount of fun. I need to go back to wearing my black <laughs> suit. I mean, my blue suit next time, because uh, as has been now repeatedly pointed out to me, when I'm wearing a red, it's more like traditional evil mittens. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get like nice guy mittens back in a, a blue suit there you go. next time. There uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, Omeka, Blazing, Villy, Loriseco, mm -hmm. thank you guys for joining us today. We very much appreciate it. This was a great show. Uh, I think the audience uh, quite enjoyed it, uh, and we appreciate you all having you on. Whoa, whoa, don't I get like a last word or something? If you want to get, you, a, if, right, get a last hey, word. If you want last words, let's do it. Like, we can word, go around and everybody can have last words. All word, those right. mother mm, people in chat shit-talking me, Tappy's coming for you. Don't Yeah! Fucking think coming. I'm not I'm not reading I'm your names there. I'm excited to see the new Tappy logo that you I asked know, yeah, for. We're paying for that logo, boy. It's going to be good. Uh, there you I, go. I really appreciate for you to have me in your propaganda and brain, brainwash show. <laughs> so, thank you. That's very generous of you. Thank you. I, I, I hope that you... Uh... Yeah, thanks a lot for all of, all, thank you for your service, Omeka, for many years. I mean, I, I understand that now that we have uh, filaments, your existence is sort of obsolete, uh, but I wish you the very best of luck with your unique playstyle. Uh, very best in your future endeavors. That'll be my my closing words. Blazing Bunny, <laughs> what do you got? Blazing Bunny for CSM 15. This was a blast. I'm glad I came. We appreciate like it. Laura, you, you get the last word. This, well, was get a lot, get next. this was a lot more fun than I expected. Here's for hoping CCP make <laughs> Eve just as fun. Mm. <laughs> nice. I like nice. it. All right, gentlemen, thank you all for joining us. Uh, for once again, this was the Meta Show. Uh, I'm Bruce Rabal, along with your host, the Matani. Pinecones, Delenda Est, and you state uh, classy New Eden. <laughs>